No Man Should Ever Walk Alone with Danny Frawley. No Man Should Ever Walk Alone. It is back for another week and it is all brought to you by Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. Wonderful to have your company tonight. We've got a wonderful show for you. As always, our Wonderful guests, Emily Braybron and Rob Code will join us and they'll discuss all matters nutrition, they'll discuss all matters fitness. But Danny Frawley, as I say hello to you, we have got a very, very special guest joining us on the show tonight, Spud. Good evening to you. Uh, good evening, Jack. Um, great uh, great to be here, mate. Special course, guest on the show tonight. Don't, don't, you, don't you smell well, mate. Mm-hmm. You smell really well. Mm-hmm. Oh, gee, the old mm-hmm. Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> got some uh, got some good feedback about the Cristiano Ronaldo too. Have you, have you done okay with it? Okay, yeah. Okay. That's okay. It's all right. That's yeah. good, mate. Uh, how's the week been? Been pretty good, mate. Um, been a uh, busy week. Uh, as you know, our weekends are, are quite hectic, but today's Monday is a good rest day for me. That's the Sabbath day for me, Jack. So you just uh, cool the jets. Do a bit of work with this. Really looking forward uh, after the first break to getting our special guest on, Glenn Manton. Yes. Um, from Essendon Carlton fame, 200 club member. Was a very, very good, and that's why I love him because he's a hard nosed defender. Play a little <laughs> bit forward. I didn't like that too much, but when he went down <laughs> back, he, he made his name. And um, yeah, he's, he's got an outstanding story to tell, not only on the footy field, but um, what he does off the field. He's. He's done a lot of work with uh, White Line. We'll talk about that. That's a that's a great um, charity to deal with adolescents in in the drug space and how he helps them. But more importantly, now later on, he goes to a lot of schools and gets the connection between the the overarching, you know, principals and the teachers, and basically how to how to speak to youngsters. Yep. You know, and it's changed a fair bit because you know even when we played footy, it was all about. The coach said, "Just run through the brick wall, and you and you did it. You just you didn't worry about the consequences. Now it's what's in it for me? Do I get rewarded? What's the consequences? And and and, and rightly so. They just want to know more information, and it's it's all about. And I'm led to believe a little birdie tells me he's putting a book out. He's a he's a bit of an author, Glenn. So um, we might touch on that later on in the show. But, so that's um, coming up very shortly. A reminder that you can podcast tonight's episode yeah. and all of the previous episodes on sen.com.au. Now, we don't talk footy much, Jack, but I must admit my ears pricked up um, just before I got in here and you were talking about St Kilda. And I, what, what did Sam McClaw say? I just got the end of it. Dan Hanabry. What's going on there? In the sights. Potential okay. five-year deal that the wow. Saints are looking to offer Dan Hanabry. Is he... Still contracted with Sydney? He is, okay. so they'd have to work out a trade. Gee, gee, he'd be a very, very good player if he wants to come back. Wow. Sammy just providing us uh, with the news yeah. there. You saw the Saints uh, on the weekend? Well, they all went great, but he'd, he'd, <laughs> he'd, he'd look good in the Saints jumper, that's for sure. He certainly would. Um, on last week's show, uh, we spoke a lot about mindfulness. We spoke right. a lot about resilience during... Mm. Tough times as well. You, Steve, even, Steve Griffiths. Yeah. On yeah. your own social media, you've got a lot of good feedback as well. Very good feedback, Jack. And uh, at Spud Says and on Instagram, you can get on there and you can podcast all the shows actually now. Been uh, working. I'm not sort of... Su- I've got to be honest. Someone's helped me with it all. But um, Is this your social media work? Yeah. I did, I did notice that there was a real <laughs> increase in the amount of work this week. Well, you know, it's I'm inputting it all. 
And uh, it's fair to say <laughs> some lovely girls are, are helping me. A couple of the frawly girls yeah, are helping no, out. They're very it? good. They're very astute with that. And uh, I'm getting there, Jack. Getting there slowly. But now the podcasts are going well. So if you if you've got a mate who you're listening tonight and you want someone to hear what uh, Glenn has to say, it's, uh, and that's what it's all about, just opening up the conversation. Do you know, last week when we were talking on the show about just finding 15 minutes a week to yep. uh, sit down and, mm-hmm. and just calm everything down and slow everything down. Yep, self-assessment. So I actually have been doing that. How have you been going? So I, get, I wake up, read all the papers and everything we need to do for, for work and this yep. show, uh, have some brekkie, then I go and do some exercise just after lunch. Just turn everything off in the house, pull the curtains down, mm-hmm. and for about 20 minutes I've been doing it every day. Have you had week. a cat nap yet? Have you, have you dozed off? Which is good if you do. No, but I've been uh, I've been doing some meditation videos no, on YouTube. Good. No, very good. It's been there's really some, good. There's some great apps. Uh, there's some great apps there for you know mindfulness and um, the mo- happy mind. I think is another one. So yeah, yeah, there's some really good apps out there. And the the best part about them, you can actually listen to them in the car. Mm. You know, sometimes just listen to music or whatever, and that's great. But um, now the mindfulness apps and meditation is is such a good thing because it, it does. You, you need to self reflect because if you don't, you get on this treadmill of life, and the you know the iPhone owns us. Oh gee, where's my phone? Where's my phone? Don't people panic? Oh, you yeah. see me phone? You see me phone? They yeah. think you'd swear someone's cut their right hand off when they've just misplaced their phone for three minutes. Seriously, I think some people would rather <laughs> lose their hand yep. than lose their phone. Which is a real worry, Jack. It's crazy, isn't it? It is crazy. Well, do you ever wonder what would happen for you and for me and all of us mm. if just for one day there was no mobile phone reception? Well, you need to do that three or four times a year. You need to do that three or four times a year for three or four days mm. and actually speak and listen and have some conversations with some people that are there instead of, oh, I'm looking at your phone. What what did you say again, Jack, as I'm texting to my mate? Oh, Jack, what did you say? Mm. Listen. Put the phone away and, and start living. It's just, uh, it's it's mind-numbing at times when my big pet hate still out there, Jack, is people going for a walk with the dog or a run. I've got no issue with the headphones, but when you see them talking, when they're taking the dog for a walk, I thought, you silly, silly person. Just walk the dog and have a look at nature around you and just live. You don't have, the phone doesn't have to own you. But it does. It's just, it's mind-numbing. But I know probably Glenn, later on after the break, he might have something to say about that. I'm sure he will because he's uh, he's a good-looking rooster, but he's more intelligent <laughs> than, than both of us, Jack. Uh, wouldn't be hard between the two of yeah. us. We're going to take a break on No Man Should Very Ever good. Walk Alone. It's all thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. We'll get stuck into the show after this. Glenn Mountain, our special guest. <laughs> No Man Should Ever Walk Alone with Danny Frawley. No Man Should Ever Walk Alone, as always, is partnered by our wonderful mates at Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. You talk about stuff that smells good, Spud. Try Davidoff Cool Water for Mm. men or women. 125 mils, only $49.99 at Chemist Warehouse. Beautiful. That will Jack. have you smelling real crisp. I, I could spend uh, half a day at Chemist Warehouse. Yeah. Um, and uh, look, it's great, but it's yeah, and it's cheap as well, and it's handy. But 
Mate, I've got to get straight the into it. The problem is they don't want you hanging no, out. No, exactly well. right. Exactly right. I've got to introduce my special guest. He's a man of my own heart, really tough, uncompromising defender, 200 uh, AFL Life member, Glenn Manton. How are you going, Matt? Going well. We're you just... were banging on the desk there. No, I was, mate. I was. Bring it all down. Now, mate, um, we're going to talk about a, a few things tonight. We, we'll probably go here, there, and everywhere. But I like it. You started, you started at the Bombers. I did. And how many years were you there? I went to Essendon when I was 16. Yeah. You might remember back in those days. Yeah, so under 16 type development type yeah. of, uh, I guess, systems, yeah. if you will. So I was down there at 16, went through the under 19s, the reserves, and then senior football. And I actually grew up in the same street as the Essendon Football Club. So I grew up in wow. Napier Street. So I might be the most local footballer in the history of AFL football. Gee whiz. So went through the under-19s. The great Kevin Sheedy was, was obviously a senior coach. What about some of your young, uh, the VFL coach and the under-19 coaches? You'll love this. My first ever, I guess, orientation into coaching in terms of AFL football was under Slug Jordan. <laughs> Slug uh, Jordan. You've got to get the kid off. Unbelievable. I remember one day... You would have learned how to swear. I learned how to swear. I learned how to play football. I remember one day before training, he went through and he identified the religions of all the different <laughs> players who were stretching ahead of the training session, which, of course, yeah. he'd be hauled over hot coals. Oh, I imagine doing was, that uh, now. 2018, but he got to me. And he dropped the F-bomb and he said, you're an absolute Martian. So even back then, I'd caused a stir with hairstyles and comments and music that uh, had, uh, I guess, AFL world on its toes. You've always been a little bit different. Not on the field. I love the way you've played about it. But different in a, in a good sense. The fact that, um, especially back in the day, because to be outside the square of an a VFL club in those days was quite rare because you either conformed or you didn't but you seem to be one of those guys that just happy to be in your own skin and you whatever's come your way you just accept it and moved on the clock's just gone past 9.19 tonight on a Monday night, and I guarantee the vast majority of your listeners, and you said you had a listenership of yeah. uh, you know, 12,000, 30,000 yeah. people, which is fantastic for this program. I guarantee the vast majority of them would not know that at the age of 17, I actually cut my right arm in half. I was told I would never use wow. my right arm ever again. I was told it would not function in any way, shape, or form. How'd you do that? I lost my temper. So I was a 17-year-old uh, brat. Yep. I was acting poorly, and I was trying to be a footballer. Wow. I'd made a terrible mistake, Spud. I'd gone from being Glenn Manton, the person, to deciding to have this, uh, I guess, affection with being Glenn Manton, the footballer. So I lost a sense of mm. self, and I started acting as I thought a footballer would, and that would include being aggressive mm. uh, 24-7 around the clock, and it, it culminated with me cutting my arm in half, and then an English surgeon which is appropriate given the theme music to your yeah. program, stood at the foot of my bed in a hospital here in Melbourne. The night I cut my arm in half, he'd been seconded from the UK. He stood at the foot of the bed and he said to me, you're a fake, you're a phony, you're a fraud. I think you're an absolute joke. I won't bore anyone out there with a poor yeah. English accent. Yep. He said, I've got to perform surgery on many other people here tonight. You'll be the last person I perform surgery on. Why did he say that? Because that's what he saw. Okay. He'd never met me before. He'd never heard of Glenn Manton before. He didn't know anything about AFL football. This was an older gentleman, a surgeon who obviously performed surgery on so many mm. reckless young men. Yep. He saw what he saw. He said what he said. And then I made a decision to turn my life on its head. And I promised myself that night. And I've carried out this promise every single day to this morning and tomorrow. 
I'd made a decision that I would stand in front of the mirror every single morning and use a colloquial Australian expression to define my day, and that is, are you fair income? So I'd look into the mirror and ask myself a question, are you fair income? So from that day forward, Spud, it was a no-brainer for me. It didn't matter what a Slug Jordan or a Kevin mm. Sheedy or a Dennis Pagan or anyone else threw up at me. I was never going to compromise who I was and, and my personality, my belief, for the sake of AFL football. But it's great, and especially for the listeners out there, that, that there's a, a light bulb moment there, obviously. Absolutely. That, that has actually made you what you are today, and it's never too late, is it, to change? Not at all. I mean, it's about a commitment within oneself and a desire to be better. I, I don't profess to be perfect or the best, mm. but I am uncompromising in being myself. What about um, the Essendon time? Not a lot of footy. You, you must have learned a lot about resilience. Absolutely. And... And 93, did you play in 93? No, I didn't. I actually strained my hamstring, a very low-grade This is with the Bombers? Yeah, before before the game with the Bombers. So, ironically, S&V Carlton. Uh, Strained my hamstring. To this day, I don't know, would I have got a game or not? Mm. A sneaking suspicion, I I probably could have, given the uh, baby Bombers. Everyone's spreading their wings and flying about, to use that metaphor. Missed the game, half-time, having the worst day of my life, because obviously if Essendon Mm. win... All my mates get yep. a medal. Carlton win, they all get a medal. Glenn Manton gets nothing. Mm. But I happened to bump into Alec Eppis okay. at halftime. Uh, never heard of Alec Eppis mm. before, had no idea who he was. And he said to me uh, to give him a call if I wanted to be a better footballer and a better person. And so I ended up calling him the next day. We ended up going to work that next Wednesday morning. And we actually met every Wednesday morning at the bottom of Park Street, Mooney Ponds at Clorinda Reserve at 7 a.m., for the next nine years. Okay, what did you do? Yes, one-on-one football training. Good on him. Hour after hour. He's after a legend. Hour hour. He's an incredible human being, and he I, he's given me so much more than I could ever imagine any human could give me, and uh, I love him like I'd love my own father. So, Essendon, you go to Carlton. What what year was that? I go to Carlton in the pre-season of 1995. I turn up to my first training session. I don't even have boots. So did you go willingly or you just no, no opportunities at Essendon? Or? So I cut my arm in half. Yep. I come back and I play football again in the under-19s. I'm made captain. I come runner-up in the Morris medal. I end up knocking on the door, sound effects here at SEN, yeah, knocking on the good. door of Kevin Sheedy's office, expecting him to tell me, fantastic journey, well done, you've got a, a bright yep. future ahead at Essen, I should say. Delisted. Wow. Done. He drafts me back. So this is back in the day where you could redraft yeah. him. So yeah. essentially, he, he dumped his girlfriend on a Friday, picked her up again <laughs> on a Monday. Drafts me back. Three years later, same deal, great pre-season. I think I'm going very well at the start of 95. Asked to go to Kevin Sheedy's office. Knock on the door again, same sound effect, delisted for the second time. So I was delisted twice before I even made it to Carlton. And that was the pre-season draft from memory, early Feb. Correct. And then you, and then Carlton picked you up in that same draft. Carlton picked me up in that draft. I turn up at my first training session. I mentioned this earlier. David Parkins said, where are, your, where are your boots? I said, well, I don't even have any boots. Edison wouldn't let me take my boots. So I turn up to Carlton without even a pair of boots in the start of that uh, pre-season period, if you will, and by the end of the year, I'm standing on the MCG as part of the premiership. I was going to say, seven, well, six months. Six months later, you're at the G in one of the great teams Absolutely. in the Carlton's history. Two games you lost, I think. One from us and Sydney in the space of two Sydney weeks. St. Kilda. Bang, and then... You There's just all sorts of rumours about those two games, too. <laughs> I, I'm a bit young to understand yeah. what might have happened there. But you went Wooshka, and that, you know, I look at the back line, you yourself, Michael Sexton, 
uh, Peter Dean, Silvani, Chris Doom, Mackay. Gee, it's uh, pretty pretty tough um, to get a kick in that back line, I would have thought. I honestly, the forwards. Think, I honestly think that on its day, that back line is as good as any mm. back line that's ever played. No, that's uh, the, well, there's no doubt in that whatsoever. You give uh, Geelong a nice old touch up that day, I think. They only kicked about four or five goals from memory. So they struggled. I knew we'd win that game before it began. And then another seventy or eighty games and ninety nine. You playing another another grand final? Well, unfortunately we played our grand final the week before against the yeah. Bombers in the preliminary final, which I think will probably go down as one of the top five games mm. of all time. I don't think too many football supporters would argue that. But uh, we stumbled into the grand final against North Melbourne and we lost. So we'll we'll talk about the, the retirement. But you've always been your own man, and and footy footy's been a great avenue for you and and me for that Absolutely. matter. But it doesn't define you. It used to define me. It doesn't anymore. It's been a great vehicle for me now to to have a show such as this. When did Glenn Manton think about helping youngsters with white line? Because that that came about in 1999. Well, I knew very early on in my life, so going back to my year 10 work experience, which I did at a local primary school, that I wanted to teach that I wanted to work with, mentor, support, grow young people. And that was something that I was doing whilst I was playing AFL mm. football. So whilst I was playing AFL football, I'm teaching, I'm mentoring, I'm growing, I'm speaking with groups of young people, and I'm developing that space. A chance opportunity in 98 to work with some young, young people in jail, in the juvenile justice mm. facility there in Parkville, saw me understand that there was a real need for somebody to invest more time in these young people. And that was an inclination that I had. And then it came to fruition the year after with White Lion being formed, if you will. And How did uh, you come up with the name? White Lion, yep. a, a beacon of hope through yep. a, a concrete jungle. So it's a, a, okay. a, little, a little bit trite now looking back on it. But really, it's, uh, it's held true. And uh, these young people do need some sort of hope. Mm. They need a beacon, someone to follow, a, a strong being. And uh, the city... Well, truth be known, it is a jungle. Mm. We're lucky here in Melbourne. Our jungle isn't quite as thick and, uh, and treacherous as some, but there are still some pitfalls nonetheless. And it's been going 20 years now, and you've got to function, I think, the 6th or the 8th of September at the MCG? You're absolutely right. We have our 18th annual White Line uh, AFL Final Series luncheon. Uh, Limo is the host. Uh, we just uh, found out today that Grant Thomas, I'm not sure if you're friendly yeah. or not with Grant Thomas, no, but Grant Thomas, uh, always he's controversial. A he's, he's a beauty. He's going to be on the panel. I'm going to be on the panel. I'm really hopeful I can get young Jarman Impey along yep. uh, to the function, but there are going to be a host of uh, various football mm. uh, celebrities and greats, as there always have been. Yep. We've had everyone over the years attend, and now into our 18th year, I know uh, Nick Theodosi is a big supporter, I Nick think. Nick Theodosi is a big supporter, a man close to my heart, because I do have one desperate, desperate addiction, and that is to classic cars. <laughs> well, you've gone to the right place there. So what about your time with all these youngsters and the way that we are, and you're a father of, of three, going through a pretty, you know, a, a great stage, but what is it, 19, 17 and 15? Or 18, 17 and 15. So, wow, that's a... Yeah. You, you talk you... about communication breakdown from what does Dad know, and you, it must help you as a father by helping these other, other kids that aren't as fortunate and to be able to communicate. And that's it's probably one of the main reasons why you got you on tonight, the, the big disparity of just they're listening, but sometimes they're not hearing. Absolutely, and, and we're guilty of that as well. We really are. 
I mean, when you think about the most important or most uh, fundamental value in any relationship, it's communication. Mm. You talk trust, you talk empathy, you talk honesty, all very relevant, but communication is the foundation stone. If you're not communicating well with your young people, if you're not communicating with yourself well, then you've got all sorts of issues on the table. And I find more and more uh, working with the young people that I'm working with that 2018, we've lost so much ability to share stories. Mm. You know, there's a wealth yeah. of stories that you have but, uh, to be shared. And uh, I love the idea that we can share those stories around and really grow people around us. So I, I hear what you're saying. Mm. I couldn't agree more. Communication, 100% is the key. More coming up on the other side of this. Danny Frawley going one-on-one with Glenn Manton. Stick with us on No Man Should Ever Walk Alone. It's all thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. No Man Should Ever Walk Alone with Danny Frawley. You're listening to No Man Should Ever Walk Alone. It's all thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Try Davidoff Cool Water for men or women. 125 mils for only 49.99 at Chemist Warehouse. Emily Brabon, Rob Coe to join us a little later on in the hour. But Danny Frawley has a very special guest in... Two-time premiership star, Glenn Manson. Yeah, Glenn Manton here. We talked about his career. We touched on the art of storytelling and how important that is and, and how we've actually lost that of a generation because um, our kids of today go through the social media and that's their storytelling. You know, I've got a photo on Instagram. Here's me eating breakfast. Here I am in Paris standing next to the Eiffel Tower. You know, it's great, but it's not the art of storytelling and you, you do a lot of work in the school space. I know the TAC under-18 competition, uh, football clubs, soccer clubs, netball clubs, whatever they are, because of your journey and what you've done off the field, um, how hard is it, or easy for you now, but if I was to walk into a, a group, a school of 350 kids, and they're 16, 17, 18, I know, because my daughters, if I don't nail it in the first 30 seconds, they start to fidget and thought, Who's this old codger doing here? <laughs> Is it daunting, or you've just you just know what what uh, rows their boat now? I'm lucky that I've had a background both teaching in theatre and performance, obviously in sport, yep. public speaking since I was 16. So this is a space that I've been able to curate to the point of, I think, close to as perfect as you can get it. What about some of the teachers when they, you know, they obviously, um, we'll talk about how we we get in touch with you for these. Um, talks, do the teachers sit there and think, my God, I'm the maths teacher, I can't get these kids to focus for 10 seconds, and you've got them eating out of your hand? Of course, I'm very fortunate because I'm that person who's stepping into a space. It's mm. hard. You're teaching yeah. day in, day out. That's a performance in its yeah. own right. But yeah. Just to touch on the maths uh, analogy for a moment, you can imagine what you say to those 350 young people. Listen, we can talk about Pythagoras' theorem for the next yeah. hour which yep. you'll never use. Yep. You'll never use No, that's it. right. You never do. Or we can talk about the fact that 40, 45% of you might be divorced at some stage yep. and how you're going to cope with that. No, that's and so you can see the shift in the audience. Yep. Say, right here, well, already I'm going to buy into this because these are life skills, part of the journey that I'm going to need to have, not to debunk Pythagoras, but to say, <laughs> listen, we need to be very real about this. I remember... Um and I had a great upbringing of St. Pat's, you know, a lot of, a lot of Christian brothers. I can remember that just hit the pi R squared. 
I, I got the, the bejesus, the cane, for not knowing and 2.17, I think, was pi r squared, whatever it was, and I've never used it. <laughs> but, Absolutely, and it extends even into the way we teach sport and so forth. So what I'll ask you here on, on live radio, what, what comes first, learning how to kick and handball or football, to use football as our basis for this discussion, or learning how to compete? Learning how to lose. Yeah, learning how to compete. Learning how to... It's funny. It's all back to the front. I went and watched the TAC Cup yeah. game that my son played in on Sunday, and I think less than 10% of the players on the field had any idea about the wind. Mm. Now, isn't that Spot one of the on. fundamental no. elements of the game that you would know before the game? It is. What's the wind going to do? What's this ground going to do? What sort of boots am I wearing? Am I going longer stops, shorter stops? What are the consequences of that sort of stuff? I'm How not... have I packed my bag? Am I ready? Am I de-stressed? Et cetera, et cetera. I'm, I'm fortunate that I've coached at the highest level, but I now coach two of my daughter's uh, in Old Halebury. We played Old Brighton on the weekend. I'm not saying I didn't out-coach them, but what I did, I walked around the ground with the girls for 15 minutes and we looked at the wind because, let's face it, we're not great kicks, but they're a really good young team and they band together. They're all adults and some doctors, vets. Walked around the ground for 15 minutes. That was my team meeting. This is what the wind's going to do here. We've got it, And I got girls to kick the ball to say, Against the wind, we cannot switch the ball over there because if they win it, it's just going to sail through the goals with half a kick. So we're actually up winning the game purely on the aspects of the wind and how we play the ground, which is spot on what you said. Sometimes we we look at the we try and get to the finish line before we even get to the start. Well, going back to your maths analogy earlier, if Mrs. Brown's going to teach us maths. Wouldn't the number one thing for her to be able to convey is some sort of love and connection to Mrs. Brown? You know what, Danny? Yep. We've got to go to see Mrs. Brown now for two hours of maths. Yeah. I hate maths, but I love Mrs. Yeah, Brown, no, so on. I'm going to give it everything I have. Yeah. And to me, that sort of foundation stone is so important in schools. It's important in your football clubs. It's important in your family. Mm. No, if you don't get that. that right... Well, the chemist, it's People talk about the intangibles, hard to quantify, the chemistry of... of um, that those, these talks you do, you'd last five minutes if you're just going to be fake and just sort of read off a script and try and be someone else. Absolutely. That's, as I said earlier... So I, do you ask them questions? Absolutely. So I do a lot of, uh, I guess, internal work within the group that I work with. So whether it's 10 people or 100 people, as you alluded to earlier, it could be as many as three or 400, I like to get inside the group and ask questions back to a group. So the questions are, are pretty provocative yep. they can be at times a little controversial yep. but they always come back to the elements of communication relationship development knowledge of self which again i think mm. are absolute foundation stones what about um the fact that you you talked about you heard me, your ears picked up about the phone <laughs> and a little birdie tells me there's going to be a book well i know there's going to be a book i'm sitting here in you've front of you you've got it in your hand can I say the heading? You can call it, call it out. I, and I love this. And I know Jack and I have talked, and I know you've talked about uh, my pet hate about people on the phone talking when they're going for a walk with a dog. I don't mind them listening to music, but the, the actual name of the book resonates with me straight away, and I'm going to read it. Um, I'll buy it, or can I have this one? I'm giving right. you that copy. I'm re- reading it, and I'm going to give it to my three daughters, and my beautiful wife, Anita. It's, it's called Put Your Damn Phone Down. And then under that, sometimes you've got to disconnect to reconnect. And that is, in itself, an outstanding name for a book because Thank you. Our, um, our world has become very superficial. It's, oh, gee, I need a new car. Um, God, my, my, um, 
best friend's got a new dress, I want a new dress. What the hell is going on with society now? And the the phone has been a great invention, but I'll tell you what, it's created a lot of heartache as well. It certainly has. Now, this book, for those people listening, is a combination of 50 questions. So there are 50 questions with 50 breakouts where you can use your phone to create conversation, build, think, grow, appreciate the world around you. I like this one. Who was your first crush? Who was your first crush? So you might uh, be able to discuss that with mum and dad, within yourself. There's a, there's a this really one, I like this one. What have you got? What would you do if you had 24 hours to live? There you go. What Gee, would you do? Oh, I'd spend it all with my three daughters and wife. That'd be it. A good starting point, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Well, to give you an example, there's a picture in this particular book of Jarman Impey laying on his father's chest, and the question next to that particular uh, image in the book, uh, along with some outstanding images in this book, is does everybody choose how they die? Mm. And for those people who don't know, Jarman lost his father to cancer. Yeah. Uh, and quite an incredible story. I, I actually wouldn't call it a tragedy in the sense that yeah. his, his father was a brilliant man. He is a, one of the most loving and, and beautiful people I know. So I think that's just going to help him grow his story. But these are the things we need to be discussing with each other within ourselves so we can reach some sort of conclusion about what life really is. And this one here, that you know, you talk about workplace bullying. What that, have you got? Well, how does criticism affect you? Because oh, yeah. we, we were brought up, in the in the eighties nineties, we were criticised. And if you had a defect, uh, I've got a massive head, so you can imagine some of the jokes. I took it as just a part of being. So my natural reaction for that was, if they're going to fight, bring a knife to. The, I'm going to bring a gun. Sure. So I just fire back, sure. and that was. But now, you know, the, the amount of um, mental health and workplace bullying, um, we, we've got to be so careful now. Absolutely. But then. And that's why that's why I think sports so great. And I know that you've you know you're you've got some good basketballers and footballers in your family. Sports a great learning tool it tool is. to gain res- resilience. Absolutely. Because we are so um, precious as society and, and parents, we want our kids. We want to give them um, everything, but the best thing we can give them is is the meaning of life and what it means to live. Sure. Well, um, I think that book will resonate very strongly in your household. As I said. 50 uh, appropriate questions, confronting questions, and then uh, a series of various stories from my life. That so I've this one's an very, interesting one. Very raw way. This one's an interesting one. Is it okay to to experiment with drugs? You know, I, I'm very old hat on that, but I also understand I've got daughters sure. going through those pressures. So we talk about it openly, and um, yeah, it's... It, and there's and there's the answer in itself. You're you're talking about it. Yep. You're sharing. You're you're working your way through uh, the process and and coming up with conclusions and ideas that are right for the individual. I'm not here to try and mm. push anything upon anyone else. Uh, I'm certainly very proud of that book. And in a couple of weeks' time, when it's launched proper, I'm sure that it will find its place. And Tommy Little, love as he loves it, he's <laughs> uh, he's, he's a great man. Tommy. Tommy's very generous. Jared Ruffhead uh, made some quotes uh, for the back. Uh, we've we've just had so many people contribute. I'm really really. Joseph Silvani. Proud of this book. Obviously, I, I yes. think you'll find a place. No, very, very good, mate. I'm uh, pretty proud of you, Glenn. So, look, we're, we've, what, we've got another couple of minutes here, Jack, have we? Yeah. So He's given us the nod. That no, nice, no, no. We haven't got the nod. <laughs> what I want is for you to tell us how do we get in touch with Glenn Mann for anyone out there that wants uh, a corporate speaker, oh, someone that you. just wants to tell it how it is, because at times we only hear what we want to hear sometimes. 
Absolutely. Look, I How do we get in touch, mate? Look, easily. It's just at my website, which is uh, glennmanton.com.au. You can easily contact me through that particular porthole. For those people listening who are uh, more inclined to jump on Instagram and wanting to send messages that way, you find me under Glenn Manton. They're my only two platforms that I use. I don't uh, have a Facebook account or anything of that nature. So if you're looking for me for corporate, schools-based work, et cetera, et cetera, it's through my website. And in general, it's uh, via Glenn Manton on I'll, Instagram. I want to finish with one question. Uh, balance. How do you find balance? Because you're, you're preaching it, you're, you're talking it. How does Glenn Manton switch off? How, what's your... My number one tool, and uh, anyone listening, uh, I, I think this is absolutely critical, is my playlist. Mm. What I'm listening to, okay. how I'm digesting music. A lot of the stories in yeah. the book are written back to music. Uh, music is the... What's your favourite song? I've got all sorts of uh, music that I enjoy. For different moods. Uh, on my way here, I was listening to Flights, Facilities. I was listening to a little bit of London Grammar. Um, also listened to a little bit of Crooked Colours. So some different sort of, uh, I guess, acts, musical acts that mm. I, I like to draw upon. But my playlist and how it's curated is just so important. I'm just writing them down. Yeah, you, you they're not on my playlist. They're not on your playlist. <laughs> but it doesn't matter what uh, what you're listening to in terms of uh, does it have to be current or not. It yeah. has to be something that works through emotional space with you. So that's your time to chill out? Well, whether we like it or not, Spud, football's not the common denominator. No, it's not. Neither's pottery. No, it's so not. So we've got to find Spot something on. that is. And music is the common denominator. And as I said earlier, what you're listening to, how you're listening to it, where you're sharing it, et cetera, et cetera, is so important. You, you, again, you nailed it earlier when you spoke about walking the dog. Yeah. Perfect time to enjoy the world around you, a soundtrack, time with the dog, put your phone down in terms of texting and whatnot and just really get into the moment there. And I think the soundtrack's a great way to uh, initiate that. Well, I've got the Border Collie. He's now 12 months. <laughs> um, I'm starting to lose the roof over the tool shed. And uh, there's nothing better. <laughs> at quarter to six now, it's daylight. I've worked it out. I was a bit, obviously not daylight till about quarter to seven, but quarter to six at the moment, I can hear the scratch on the door. And that's his cue for me to get out of bed and take him for You're a run. Early riser. Run slash walk. I wouldn't say it'd be uh, running. We'd call it a shuffle at the moment. So, so Glenn, thanks a lot for coming on. My pleasure. Make sure you um, give me a text when your book's coming out. We'll give it another hit. We Thank might even much. get you into a later date to uh, flesh this out. But I reckon this to. one's going to be a, a, a great seller. Well done, Glenn. Thank you. Glenn Manton joining us on No Man Should Ever Walk Alone, and we thank him for his time. All thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. Rob Code, Emily Brabon will join us on the other side of this. No Man Should Ever Walk Alone with Danny Frawley. No Man Should Ever Walk Alone. It's thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. Spud, Glenn Manton, absolutely fantastic before the break. He's an absolute beauty, uh, Jack. He... he Beats to a different drum, but I tell you what, I uh, I really admire the work that he's doing uh, for for society, really. Yes. And I love his, the name of his book. As you know, I've been banging about his is a whole different sort of from mine. But put your damn phone down by Glenn Manton. That's going to be a, a winner, mate. I've got no doubting that. Whatsoever. No doubt about it. So let's go to Emily Braybron, our nutritionist to the stars, and we can say that quite literally this week because Emily, we have seen. Some incredible work that's gone on with the man formerly known as Andrew G. 
Hey, boys, how are you? How good is he? Yeah, look, what's going on there, he Emily? Good, doesn't he? He looks all right. He'll do. Yeah, he'll do. <laughs> what, how how easy? How tough? And and what are the what are the some of the things you've been able to transform him into this? Go uh, Greek Adonis. <laughs> I'll make sure I pass that along for you. <laughs> um, so I, I, I oh, gosh, everyone's different, and I think um, I think everyone comes with their own set of challenges. But um, look, I, I think probably focus on the, the one of the best things about Osher was that he was just so focused. If I asked him to do something, not only would he do it, but he'd find out exactly why and the reason behind it, and you know the benefits to it. So he was educating himself along the way as well. And when you say that, I mean he's a man that travels. He's a busy media yeah. busy media performer. How did he how did he cope with that side of things as well? Well, the funny thing about Osher is he didn't realise and he wasn't diagnosed celiac until right at the end of Ooh, that challenge. So, right. yeah, I'm celiac myself, so I'm kind of glad that he didn't find out until the end <laughs> because my job would have been twice as hard. However, um, being so clinical in the way that we approach that kind of stuff, um, he's pretty good. He's, you know, once he sets his mind to something and once he, once he said he's going to do it, He's going to do it. I mean, there were only a couple of times where he went to, the, you know, the races or somewhere where I actually insisted that he have a day off and <laughs> enjoy the food that was put in front of him because, my goodness, you should have seen some of the stuff. He'd send me some photos from these chefs and I'd be like, I hope you're going to eat. <laughs> now, it's hard to quantify, Emily. If you could put a percentage on it, how much is uh, healthy eating, uh, sleep and uh, working out, oh, like it's a lot all of equal. yeah, I know. Is it all equal, or or it's definitely what goes in is sometimes going to have a debilitating effect, even if you're working out hard, or you've got to do both. I think they all go hand in hand. I mean, Osher especially, he was having a lot of trouble sleeping. There were sometimes where he wouldn't even get an hour sleep a night, and that's something we needed to fix straight away. Um, that comes with changing your diet, changing your outlook, wearing you out. It's like wearing a kid out at the playground. You've got to get them moving and get the body in need of rest so that the mind has to shut down at night. So that was a big thing. But like that old, old saying goes, I'm sure you've heard it and you've probably rolled your eyes at it before, but you can't out-train a bad diet. Okay. Yep. And how long did this transformation take? And more importantly, is he going to stick to it uh, religiously? You know what? He will because... He has found something that he loves doing. Yep. He doesn't have a complete day without having his workout, getting his you know, fix of endorphins and all that kind of stuff. And yep. he sees the body that he's got as a sideline kind of, well, this is nice, isn't it? But the internal yeah. kind of feeling that he gets outweighs that. Um, what was the other question you just asked me before I just went off on my little tangent? How long did it take? Ten weeks. Gee. Wow. Ten weeks. What but that the... is ten weeks of pure dedication. Gee whiz. That was from woe to go. That boy just put in 100% effort. There's something for all of us to take out of that, Emily. 100% effort. As always, you give us 100% effort. We appreciate it. Thank <laughs> you for chatting to us tonight. Thank you. We'll speak to you soon. We certainly will. Emily Braybon joining us to talk nutrition. Rob Coe joins us from Travel Fit 360 to talk health. And Spud, we want to talk a little bit about group training with Robbie yeah. before, uh, before we finish up tonight. Hello, Rob. Hello, guys. How are you? Good uh, evening, Robbie Boy. We're, we're just talking off air before we come on, and there was a, there was a guy that uh, Jack and I know really well. He dro- he drops in and out of his 
sort of his weights program, then he went into a, a running program. All of a sudden, he's uh, a little bit like your company. He's He's got involved with a group, and he said not only does it, you, it initially forced him to do it, but now he's got some new mates, he's got some social connectivity, and the group atmosphere and the morale after it and having a coffee is something that's the number one thing on his list of a morning before he goes to work. Yeah, it's massive. Absolutely massive. Um, yeah, we run, the, obviously, the group stuff yeah. with, the, with the fitness, but also goes in the sporting clubs as well, and you get uh, yeah so much like sense of achievement, uh, support from other people, it creates, you know, just this bonding through hard work, especially if you are training hard and no matter what level you're at and people helping other people that say new, new to a fitness program or to a sporting club and they are struggling, say, physically and you get your fitter, stronger guys come back and help them out. Well, that's what they should be doing. And, yep. and that creates that, that, that bonding through hard work and supporting each other and creating teamwork and, and also discipline as well because you don't want to let others down. So you'd be more motivated, you know, to get out of bed and get to your sessions or get to your sporting clubs and and help each other out. And yeah, it's a it's a great thing. It's good for me. And as you mentioned at the start, there, Spud, is um, the social interaction as well. So when you come out of the you know football clubs or netball teams or uh, again your fitness group, fitness groups, it's it's good to get together for that coffee and you know even for the casual beer. And it's just just a good way to interact with other people and it just lifts your mood and if you're feeling a bit flat and down and it's a good way to you know, start interacting with others. And Robbie, just on that, do you find that people are perhaps a little bit less likely to drop off because of those reasons, yeah. because they, they want to stick together and do it as a group? Oh, totally, yeah. That, happen, that happens all the time with our guys. So especially with social media these days, if someone drops off, yep. we run monthly courses, fitness courses, and they disappear for a month or so and then you see other people on social media and but, you know, they just hear a few little comments about, you know, where are you? Get back out. And, and it does. It's, it's, it's a great way to, you know, to get people back. And some people tell me it's too hard or it's too cold. They have all these excuses they come up with. And we find that a lot of our clients eliminate, eliminate those excuses for them yep. and drag them back out. So it's great having that support. And I recommended group activity to, to anybody, really. Rob, thanks for joining us. Always really grateful to have you on the show. And, again, some really good advice for people who are contemplating some group training. So thanks for the chat. No problems, guys. See you later. Rob Coe joining us from Travel Fit 360. Gee, Spud, we've covered off a fair bit of ground. We have. I'll tell you what, Jack. My library is getting big now. I'm looking forward to reading this one. Put your damn phone down, Jack. You're not paying for any of these books either, are you? They're good reads, though, Your library's getting thick. Well, cost you a dime. There's got to be uh, <laughs> you know, a silver lining there somewhere, Jackie Boy. No, hey, well done show. to you. Well done, Jack. Well done to Glenn Mann. Well done to Robbie Card and Emily Brabron. And thanks to Chemist Warehouse, Jackie Boy. And thanks to everyone for joining us as well. All thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. No man should ever walk alone. It will be back same time next week.